Welcome to the Inside Marketing Talks podcast, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the marketing world, one expert at a time. Join us each week as we dive deep into the latest tools and techniques used by marketers and startup founders to scale their businesses. Let's get into this week's episode of Inside Marketing Talks. Welcome to our coffee break with Inside.com. We are talking marketing today. We're going to go over personal branding and content marketing. We're lucky enough to be joined by Jacob Bowman, co-founder of the video marketing agency Paloma Studios. And of course, we want this event to be as helpful to you as possible. So go ahead and put those questions for Jacob in the chat. If you are not familiar with Inside.com, we are the best business community for any topic or a social news site that has like every topic under the sun, we've got over 40 different industry topics with newsletters and communities. And this community really centers around marketing. So you can check out inside.com slash marketing. So let me tell you a little about Jacob. He's an experienced sales expert who has dedicated his career to helping businesses succeed. Before co-founding his video marketing agency, Paloma Studios, he played a key role in leading a team that generated more than $300 million in ARR. He's got over eight years in sales, so he really understands what it takes for businesses to grow and thrive, and he has a passion for helping startups and businesses scale. And that's why he's here today. So Jacob, thanks for being here. Welcome. Cool. Thanks so much, Stephanie. I really appreciate it. My name is Jacob Bowman, and today I really want to talk about the power of personal branding, 10xing your business. And it doesn't stop at 10x. You can 10x, 50x, 100x, 1000x with personal branding. So I really want to talk about how powerful it is, how you can do it, how it's applicable for you, and go over just the power of social media as a whole and how you can utilize it to its fullest potential. Awesome. Getting started, quick introduction with who I am. Again, I'm the co-founder of Paloma Studios. We're a video marketing agency. We work with e-commerce companies. We work with SaaS companies, brick and mortar companies, all that stuff to help them tell their story, create compelling video to gain more traction and grow their businesses online. I've got over eight years of sales experience, mostly in business to business, B2B, SaaS sales, cybersecurity, government technology, stuff like that. I've assisted with over $300 million worth of business throughout my career, whether I directly sold, led a team, or assisted with closing a deal or retaining them. And I've got experience working with numerous Fortune 500 companies as well. Jumping down to what we'll cover today. Again, we're going to cover the benefits of social media, why it's important to you and your business, no matter what industry you are in, because it does not limit you. Then we're going to jump into what is actually personal branding. I know obviously we've got branding for your company, but actually how to turn that over and brand yourself. At number three, we're going to go over is personal branding for you. Right after that, we're going to go over what type of content should you be making to build your personal brand, depending on what you do. I'm going to go over just a very easy, very simple social media strategy to keep it very simple for those out there. I would love to make a super elaborate one, but I know that it's a pretty intimidating topic, so we'll go easy. And then at the end, we will do a, an AMA. I will answer any questions I can. So awesome. Let's jump into it. So benefits of social media, and thank you, Meltwater, for these statistics. Just so you all know, there is about 4.76 billion users across social media in the entire world. So we're talking about, uh, I don't know how many people in the world, was there like 
six, seven, eight billion. So we're talking about more than half the world right now is plugged in on social media. Of that, two hours and 31 minutes, two and a half hours on usual is spent between those 4.76 billion people per day. So do the math there. I couldn't even fathom trying to do the math myself, but we're talking about you have the potential of tapping into billions and billions of hours of social media content that is going through every single day, every 24 hours. Of the social media users versus total internet users, you've got nearly 92.5% of all internet users are plugged in on social media. And how they're plugged in on social media, on average, they're using seven different social media apps per day. So we're talking about someone can use Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Reddit, and all these other platforms per day on average, which is absolutely insane to think about. I want to jump down to another statistic or another chart that's going to be breaking down on average where people spend their time. And this is really important to pay attention to because you're going to want to understand where is your audience. I see a lot of people who start trying to build brands and start trying to market and they're on the completely wrong platforms and they're trying to target people who just don't even really exist or it's just a really small pool of them. Obviously, YouTube's probably going to come in at number one. And just as a fun fact, YouTube is actually the second used search engine right behind Google and Google owns YouTube. It's really cool to see how YouTube has been getting utilized since it started years ago. We've got Facebook, we've got WhatsApp. WhatsApp is a very popular app that is, is taking over as well. We've got Instagram, TikTok, and several others. On average, we're looking at most people who are using social media are spending nearly 25 hours per month just on YouTube alone. So we're talking about if you can just grab 15 seconds of those 25 hours, just 15 seconds to hook them into one of your videos or one of your pieces of content to promote yourself or promote your brand. We're talking about really powerful stuff. And I want to spit out a quote that is from one of my favorite online creators and businessmen out there is Alex Ramosi. And he talks a lot about how attention is the new oil. And these numbers are real. We're talking about tapping into billions and billions of people and hours that are consumed every day. Once you can get access to that, once you can figure it out, algorithms, content, what's going to be grabbing people, you can launch and scale your business at insane levels, faster than we've ever seen them before, guys. There are people that have been able to take a business from $0 per month to over six figures per month simply by just making content and it's been all organic. They haven't ran any ads. They haven't dumped any money into it other than just creating content. It's very powerful stuff, everyone. Uh, jumping down to what is personal branding. So I wanted to actually take a quote from Harrison Monarth from Harvard Business Review, and he defines it as your personal brand is how you define the distinctive value that you bring to your career. So a lot of people in here, probably everyone is passionate about what they do. And if you're not passionate about what you do, there's probably something that you're passionate about doing that either you haven't started yet, or you're just starting to get into. So what does this mean, right? Personal branding is your story. Everyone has a unique story. Everyone has unique experiences. Everyone is in a unique industry. Everyone comes from different backgrounds. Everyone has struggled at different points of their lives. Everyone has had different successes of their lives. Every single bit of that is content. Every single bit of it. I've written posts on Twitter before talking about an experience I had when I was five, six, seven years old. 
that has blown up and has gotten tens of thousands of views. So when we're talking about when I'm six years old and I'm walking and I'm trying to grab this leaf that was in the middle of the snow and I ended up falling in the snow drift as a kid. And then my dad had to pull me out and teach me a lesson there. That was a lesson that I learned for the rest of my life. And as small as it is, uh, just simply sharing that story on social media, whether it's in the form of written content or video content, was able to impact someone. And the mindset that I have going into it is, I just simply want to change one person's life. And I don't care if it's gonna be today, I don't care if it's gonna be 10, 20, 30 years from now through my content. My goal, as long as I can just reach out to that one person who needs to hear exactly what I'm saying, that's what's going to be meaningful to me. And that's what's going to make me feel like I'm making an impact on the world. Everyone's mission with personal branding is going to be different. However, it's all going to be the same in terms of just simply telling your story and sharing your experiences and even your opinions on certain subjects and topics that you want to do as well. So Jumping down to is personal branding for me? Yes, it is. I cannot tell you how many people I have talked to. Oh, I can't do personal branding. Oh, I can't do video. It's awkward. Or I can't write that. Or maybe that doesn't look good or whatever the case might be. And I'm actually going to quote my friend Joe here that he told me a quote not too long ago. And it's an acronym for fear. And fear stands for false events appearing real. And a lot of people, when they go in and they think about content creation, the first thing that they think of, and I'm guilty of it myself, is that, well, what if my mom sees this? Or what if my boss sees this? Or my coworker? Or whoever, right? And I can get that all that stuff can be very intimidating. I can get that it can be scary and that it can really hold you back. However, it really is a false event. What you're doing is you're simply just creating an event that hasn't even happened in your head and you're stopping yourself from pushing and making content on whatever you want to make content on. So you really want to go in there and you really want to kill it and you really want to just not care what people think because at the end of the day, you are going to be bad at content at first. I was terrible when I first created content. It took me two months to figure out what I was doing and I made content every single day for 60 days straight. There are several videos I have on a flash drive that will never go online and are terrible videos that I've created. However, going back and watching those videos and being able to critique myself in a positive way has been has allowed me to now get hundreds of thousands, sometimes even millions of views just on my Twitter alone that I started mid-November of last year, talking about millions of views per month just because I kept going and I was tracking through the mud and I was trying my absolute hardest to create whatever was most valuable to people out there and what people are going to like. Every single person here and every single person out there listening, you have a story to tell. You have value that you can provide to other people and you have knowledge that other people don't have. So you can 1000% make content about it. It just starts with, with pushing yourself and start getting going. So what type of content should I make? It depends on what you're looking to do, right? All content that you make should be delivering value to the audience that you're trying to send it to. There's people I know out there that own lawn care businesses, and they make content off of cutting people's lawns for free. Now, you watch this video and it's, wow, this guy really just took three or four hours to cut this random person's lawn for free. 
how is he making money on that? When one of those videos across all your platforms get hundreds of thousands or millions of views, you can legitimately monetize all of that. And I'm going to show you how you can monetize it here in a little bit. But there's so much traction that you can gain with simply what you're creating and what you're putting out there. There are people that make videos with an iPhone that sits on a counter shelf and they take a Tupperware full of moon sand or whatever it is, and they just simply squeeze it in their hands and then they throw it down. And that video just got 100 million views. So if you think that you have nothing that you can make content on, I could legitimately probably make content on me tying my shoe and just doing it in a certain way. And people are going to consume it and they're going to watch it. And then they're going to want to visit my website or want to follow me or whatever, right? And you can make content on your business. You can do behind the scenes business stuff, front facing business stuff, operations. You can talk about family experiences. You can talk about relationships. You can talk about AI. You can talk about technology. There's an endless amount of things that you can talk about. What I would encourage you today is find a topic that you are passionate about. Like for me, I was passionate about sales. That's what I started my content on was sales. And now I'm in a pivoting space where now I'm, I'm still talking about sales. And now I want to talk a little bit more about like business operations and marketing, but still tie it into sales. And I can 100% do that. And in that process, there might be people that don't follow me. There might be people that might not like that new style of content that I want, but that's what I'm most passionate about. And I know for a fact, the more passionate that I am about what I'm creating, the better it's going to be and the higher quality it's going to take even if it's going to take a little bit more time to, to create traction. 100%, you can create content on literally anything. It just takes a little bit of brainstorming power, and it takes a little bit of figuring out what you want to do and what you want to promote. Jumping down, I'm going to go over a very simple, very easy, very basic social media strategy. I'm going to break down each step and why I categorize them or organize them in this specific way. So if you want to get started on social media today, this is exactly what I would recommend you doing. Number one is you're going to consume content. You're not going to create it. You're not going to post it. You're not going to do anything like that. You're going to simply consume content. And what you're going to do is you're going to find people that are within that niche, within that area that you like, and you're going to consume their content. You're going to watch some of the top creators. You're going to see how are they creating content? What are they talking about? What are they posting about? And how are they explaining it? How are they writing it? How are they generating hooks? All that stuff. And you can do this for 30 days straight. And there's a lot of people out there that can say, don't have the time for that. But you can easily swap out an hour of Netflix for an hour of content. You've got a lunch break every day for an hour or 30 minutes. You can consume content there. You can consume content by waking up early in the morning like I did. And I call it the five to nine method of controlling your five to nine a.m. and your five to nine p.m. to get out of your nine to five day job and into a business. So as long as you can control your time and you can make sure that you can prioritize consuming content from an educational standpoint and trying to learn and figure out what these people are doing that you can mimic, that's what you want to do. And again, I'm not saying to just outright copy them and do everything that they're doing and talk about all the same stuff, but it's going to give you an idea of what people want to look for and what is really happening. Exactly, Joe. Daytime output, nighttime input. That's exactly right. Number two, after you've been consuming content, you're going to find your purpose. You're going to get inspired 
from watching this content, you're going to get motivated. There's going to be a fire that is going to light up inside of your belly that you cannot shut down. And you are going to want to find your purpose. And you are going to sit there and you're going to write it down on a piece of paper. And you're going to stick it on your computer monitor where you sit every single day. And you're going to have that reminder every day when you sit down and every day when you get up. And you're going to remind yourself every single day what your purpose is and why you want to create content. And you're going to read it and read it just like I did. I read it for the first probably three weeks before I even did anything. And I got so fed up with myself by not taking action to get to my purpose that I hit the ground running as soon as I started creating content because it was so ingrained in my head. Number three, after you find your purpose, you're going to build a strategy, right? You've been consuming content. You found your purpose. Now you're going to strategize on how do you want to fulfill your purpose through content. You're going to figure out if you want to start making videos, if you want to start writing on Twitter and LinkedIn, you do not have to start on all social media platforms all at once. Don't let people out there tell you that you do. You can start off on Twitter or LinkedIn if you're comfortable with writing as opposed to creating videos. Maybe you're not comfortable behind the camera yet and simply start writing. Gain some traction, gain some knowledge. The knowledge, the real knowledge that you're going to gain is actually doing it. It's not going to be by just simply watching it. So get out there, start making content in the way that you feel comfortable Start learning what people are liking. Start looking at the analytics and the statistics of your video. Start looking at when do pe people stop watching? When do people start watching? When do people engage with the video? And figure out how social media works. Number four is you're going to want to establish a brand. Now, I know a lot of people out there who create content say you don't need a logo, you don't need a brand, you don't need any of this to go into it, which is true. I agree. You don't need that type of stuff. However, I have found out that when I consume content, it's a very indirect feeling that I have when I look at someone's presence and I look at their brand and see how they present themselves. And it pushes me to want to follow them. Just if you go to maybe Walmart or you go to Publix and you're looking at items on the shelf and let's just say that, that money wasn't an issue, just simply by how some of these products are representing themselves. So let's just say like pancake mix, for example, there's probably 50 different pancake mixes out there, but which one is presenting itself the best to push you to want to buy, to push you to want to give your time to. So it is important to build a brand. It is important to, to have a brand. So then you can funnel and you can monetize all of your content. And that leads me to number five is building a landing page or building some sort of website. So you always want to have some sort of landing page, some sort of website for people to actually funnel to from your social media. And you don't necessarily have to be selling anything to them at that certain time. Even if you're just building up a newsletter following, whether you're building up an email marketing campaign, whatever the case is, just get people to where they want to enter in their information. They want to subscribe to something. They want to sign up and get started there. That's going to be an insane foundation for you to start on as soon as you start selling, as soon as you have an offer, as soon as you want to start monetizing your audience. Because now, by the time I want to start monetizing, I've gotten 10,000 followers or I've gotten 500 or 1,000 people on my newsletter because I've been creating content. Now I can start generating revenue off of that. So definitely want a, uh, a landing page there. Number six 
is that you want to structure some sort of offer. And even if you don't have an offer right off the bat, and I actually recommend not offering anything for the first few hundred, if not the first like between zero and a thousand followers, I, I personally wouldn't offer anything. You most certainly can, don't get me wrong. However, I think that when you can build social proof, and that you can build an audience and get them to trust you in terms of what you know and your knowledge and where it lays, you're going to be able to sell a lot easier. And you're not even really going to have to sell that much because people can simply click on your profile and they can say, okay, this is Jacob here. I'm looking for business consulting and I see that I'm reading his content and there's a lot of this stuff that I didn't even know about that I can use right now. Oh, he's got a free newsletter. Oh, let me subscribe to that. Oh, he's emailing me every week and he's giving me more content. It's a no-brainer. I want to work with this guy. And that's exactly how you're going to be selling yourself. You're going to be providing so much free and upfront value that it's going to be dumb for people to say no to working with you because of how much value that you're providing. So in your offer, when you want to structure an offer, make sure that you are adding as much value as possible to that offer. So then when you start monetizing your social media, it's a no brainer for people to want to work with you. Number seven, this is the point where you make content and you're ready to make content. You are able to monetize it. You've got your brand, you've got a strategy, you know your purpose, and you know what type of content you want to make. You know what area of the internet you want to place yourself in. And that is when you are going to be prepared and confident and well enough to start creating content. And don't get me wrong. At this point, this does not mean that you're going to be a rock star at creating content. Your first 100 videos might not get 1,000 plus views, might not get a million views, and that's totally okay. There are people out there that did podcasts for four or five, six, seven years, never blew up. That one video blows up, and now they're at the top 10 of podcasts around the world. Making content is a marathon. It's not quick. It's not meant to be easy. It's meant to be difficult. But not making content is difficult and not growing your business is difficult. So you got to choose what difficult do you want? Do you want the difficulty of making content or not making content? And then number eight, trial and error. Figure out what works, figure out what doesn't work. There's going to be processes. There's going to be people that you work with. There's going to be ways that you edit videos. There's going to be ways that you use emojis or the ways that you write or use capital letters or whatever the case might be. All of that stuff is trial and error, and it's only going to allow you to get better at what you do. Think about it when you start your first job, right? I remember I was landscaping, and when I was, I think, 15 or 16 years old, and I can tell you guys right now, I would have not paid me for the work that I was doing because it was that bad. My landscaping abilities were terrible, and it took me probably my first month to actually start making somewhat yeah, okay process. Like maybe I might throw this guy five or 10 bucks for cutting my lawn. So again, you're not going to be good at it at first. Keep going, study the analytics, study the audience, look at what market you're in, figure out what's working, what's not working, roll with the punches, keep going, improvise and just run with it. But whatever you don't stop, absolutely don't stop because you don't lose until you stop and you can never lose if you don't stop. So just keep going. Uh, that is it. I know that I have been word vomiting all over everyone. So thank you so much to everyone. I'm super excited to help answer some questions here and I'll pass yeah. it back over to Stephanie.
Yeah, we got 20, 30 minutes for questions. I think maybe I saw one in the chat, but anyone that wants to turn on their mic and ask, I see Joe's got an actual hand up. So go ahead. I'm Joe. jumping right at the opportunity. <laughs> Um, what's up, Jacob? Awesome stuff. I've actually seen, obviously, your Twitter, and I see a lot of people on Twitter, and this was a question I put in the chat. I can't stand it. I can't stand those, like, DM me or comment this or reply this, and then I'll DM you my playbook and stuff like that. But Twitter's numbers don't lie. Those are the things that are going viral. So do you suggest being that clickbait type of content? Because, like, right now I'm grabbing all the top performing content and then I put it into ChatGBT and I tell it, like, okay, this is my content, make it clickbaity, and I just can't stand the output of it. I think when I think of the word clickbait, I think of it as a letdown. I think that if I click onto something and I feed into, hey, there's this giveaway, follow me and like this post and comment here, and I'm gonna send you this and I receive something that has zero value to me, then I'm like, yeah, that's clickbait. But Joe, if you were to put something out, like for example, your AI newsletter, if you were to literally just hand that out for free and ask for a follow and a like for that's a what, like 90 something, 97 page document all about how to utilize AI, that to me is extremely valuable. And I would 10 times out of 10, trade a follow and a for that guide. So I think as long as you're providing, again, an immense amount of value with what you're handing out to people in exchange for their time and their attention, because time's the most important asset, I think it's a fair trade-off. Well, thank you for the shout out. I don't want your news. I don't want any emails or anything, but I did put it uh, in the chat. It's an ebook. It's really great. <laughs> the free it. content. Yeah. That's a good point about how we all need to diversify in our businesses because if you have this very valuable thing that you're giving out for free, you got to have other things that people can buy. Okay. We already started talking about AI. We're here to learn from each other. Joe, I made you a co-host. Go it. ahead. All right. <laughs> Beautiful. So I went and I have different chat histories of problems with AI as a lot of people start new chats. So I always start right. with let's play a game. I'll zoom in a bit. So it's easier to see. I don't know if you guys, is that good to read? Can you guys see it? Yeah. yeah. So I just set the tone saying what the concept is because these are very binary. They need to know the objective. From there, I got my top performing post. So I'm training it. Okay. And then I go provide me okay. 10 more from the data set. So now it is, I is in the generation phase. Once it generates those 10 ideas, I pick one. And then I actually, this is where I got from you, Jacob, where you give 10 frameworks for that concept. Mm -hmm. And it says X ways to outcome with, without common issue and X days, how I went from bad position to great position and unit of time. And you can see it really turns it out. And then at that point, you create outline the post using a problem agitate and solution framework, which does that mm -hmm. fantastic switch it into a carousel post. This was just a test. And I was testing it. Now I have it all documented. So I could always reference back. But it just shows that this is a very extremely powerful tool. And I think the biggest takeaway that you guys should have is these little, this right here, uh, the takeaways of X plus Y equals so on. And then let the AI go to work for you. Yeah, you know, Joe, saw... is, there, is there a way you can screenshot that? And is there a way to save, uh, share that with everybody just so we could read it? it? It'll be hard to share since my chat, but I'll post it in the chat. Yeah, cool. <laughs> what is oh, comic book go. briefing? Yeah. <laughs> That's another conversation for another time. <laughs> if you share your screen, be prepared for some of us to look at all the other tabs that you have for previous conversations in ChatGPT. Uh, the real magic is where it says show more, the hidden ones. <laughs> <laughs> he hit him, he hit him. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah. no, that's a great point. Like a lot of people, they want to use AI in terms of writing everything for them. But 
I think that you should use it in terms of creating ideas because I don't think AI as of right now, there's no telling in the future, but like AI can't write in Jacob Bowman's voice and fingertips. It's just not possible. There's no way that AI can sit there and make it exactly how I want to the T to where I want to click the post button. Now it can give me a lot of ideas. It can give me certain topics. It can give me prompts and stuff like that and styles to follow. And, and again, when you have writer's block and, and, and you're trying to figure out what do you want to produce, great way to do it. Yeah, Irina, Irina what's up? You actually just touched upon a very good point. I've actually used ChatGPT for writer's block to help me generate an idea that then I can like build off of, help me generate a thank you note. I have a million thank you notes. But can you give me like a little twist or like a little idea? Or can you help me out with a new version of a happy birthday card or something like that? It actually has a lot of, it's very thoughtful. And so you touched upon that as, can you help me craft a message? Uh, and I actually have a question for you. In crafting a personal brand, how do you differentiate that from a company brand? Is it consistency? Does it follow the same guidelines and rules? Can you speak to that, please? I love the second question, and I'm going to answer it last because it's going to take the most amount of time for me to talk about it. So the first one in terms of you're talking about how to utilize AI to like for a happy birthday note, right? Depending on the person that you're sending it to, let's just say that person has a humorous personality. You can tell AI, you can tell ChatGPT to, to take that message and insert two jokes or make it more humorous or take the humor style of this ex-comedian and incorporate it into your message. Maybe you want to make something more emotionally driven to that person. So you can even tell ChatGPT to maybe take a story that you have with that person a memory and write it in an emotional standpoint and spit that out to you. So I think that the way that you want to tell it to cater that message, emotional, bad, good, happy, sad, laughing, crying, you can completely twist it and, and put it into chat GBT to get your feedback out that way. Does that help answer your first question? Yeah, thank you. Okay, awesome. Second question, personal brand versus company brand. I love this question. And I think a lot of people get confused on what it means. I own Paloma Studios, and I also run another Twitter marketing agency in combination with someone else, right? Now, through my brand that I talk about, I don't necessarily promote those companies. I don't, I don't actively promote Paloma Studios because if I do... Now, what am I really leveraging here? Am I leveraging myself or am I leveraging my company? And in personal branding, you want to leverage yourself. So I can talk about the experiences I've had. I can talk about how I had a really poor customer that made me end up losing money. I can talk about how I have added three, four, or five clients in one month to generate X amount. I can talk about this, for example. I can talk about how I first even connected with Stephanie to, to get on inside.com. Those are personal experiences. Those are completely unrelated to the company I either own or work for or work with. So therefore, I'm going to be able to differentiate it. For example, when you think of The Rock, what do you think of? 
You mean the actor? Yeah. Kevin Hart. Acting. Muscles. Yeah, Kevin Hart. The like Caramana. Yeah, the next president. There's so many different things that you think of when you think of The Rock. You don't think of his tequila. You don't think of his of his TV show or that ranch that he had. Now he does own those, but The Rock has been so good at building himself up as a former WWE wrestler. He's an entertainer. That's what he is. He's an entertainer. And so people are going to buy into whatever he has because he's been so good at presenting himself in such a way that people are like, I don't care if he owns clothing brands, tequila companies, software companies, whatever, as long as his name is associated with it, I'm buying it. And you have a successful personal brand. When people follow you, they don't follow your company. And that's how people are starting to buy now. They're starting to buy off of people's names. They're not starting to buy off of companies anymore. Go ahead, Joe. So on the personal brand company side, because I've, I have a company for a low that I am focusing extensively on getting its channels and its messaging out there, but I've obviously neglected mine, even though I have a stronger following than this brand that I'm pushing. The biggest thing is that obviously I know that there's a lot of overlap between my messaging matrix and my brand's messaging matrix, right? I'm not going to talk about fitness and my companies, but I will talk about my personal. That overlap, should I, I mean, I should, I just want to hear your thoughts on that and how much there should be overlap. If it's a Venn diagram, if it should be equal, it should be balanced, or if I should try to stay in my own lane that runs parallel with it, if you catch my drift. Right. Definitely. And that's a great question. I think that there should be overlap if it relates, right? Like you said, you've got furlough and then you've got fitness that you want to talk about. You can talk about how fitness has been able to push you to be a better business owner. You can talk about how fitness has made you more disciplined in the long-term process. You can talk about how it relates, but then there's also things that don't relate. If you're talking about how you want to get physically bigger, like you're not necessarily going to be talking about that through the standpoint of your business. You're going to be talking about that more through a personal lens and people want to relate to that type of information from a personal lens, as opposed to a company. There's plenty of companies out there that, that try to push health stuff to people, but people are going to relate more if someone is having some sort of one-on-one -on -one conversation with them. And I say one-on-one -on -one in terms of me watching someone's reel on Instagram and I feel like they're talking directly to me. So I think it's possible. I think there is obviously stuff that can be blended together, but I think there's also stuff that that walks its own path and walks its own line. And, and you can cater that towards either or where you're wanting to make content. What other um, questions do we have? Feel free to yeah, throw Bonnet, in the chat, everyone. Yeah, Bonnet has, how are you sure that your strategy is successful if you don't know how you will measure? That's a great question. I think that in able to get a successful strategy through personal branding, through content creation, social media, obviously like numbers don't lie. If you're flat all the way through or you're dipping in terms of your content, there's something that's going on there that's not allowing you to gain traction. And so not saying that you have to completely change up the way that you are what, like what your content is about, but maybe changing the style or maybe adding more value to your content can be better. Obviously, what I would measure success by is engagement, followers. Are you generating money? Are you getting people to go to your website? Are you getting clients out of it? Whatever your goal is, whatever your purpose is that I talked about before, is that purpose being filled? And if it is, then I would deem that a successful strategy. 
And because we're talking about tracking analytics, Jacob, what platforms do you use beyond Google Analytics? Google Analytics, of course. I use Twitter Analytics. You can use Hootsuite if you want to manage all of your content through there. You can use Hype Fury. I personally use Hype Fury. I can track LinkedIn. I think they have Instagram on there now. I can track Twitter and gather all my analytics through there. And even independently on all of these social media platforms, they can give it to you separately, or you can use platforms such as the ones that I named that can give you a combined joint effort as well. And then um, I had a question with something at the beginning, I think you mentioned about kind of the rate of growth, how we're seeing like some of the quickest growth for businesses, how they go from $0 to six figures in a month. I'm wondering if there's like, a, I'm wondering what everybody's thoughts are, I guess, is there like a collective kind of way that there's a shorter attention span but it's easier and quicker to grab it. Does it last as long? Is, it, is the business that we're obtaining in those quick moments, does it last as long as say those leads from before the TikTok era or before short form video content? You know, Maybe our attention spans weren't so low. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think in, in, in terms of that, like how long it's going to last is completely up to you. Right. Because people are always going, 99% of people buy off of emotion. Hardly ever does anyone buy anything off of logic, ever. Like it, it just hardly ever happens. There's an emotional attachment to everything that everyone buys, whether it's a house, a car, a business that they're opening up, a like whatever the case might be, right? Like even this water bottle right here. When I looked at this water bottle, I was like, wow, that's really cool. I felt it and I was like, I know it's going to keep my drink cold and I really like this cap and I feel like I like this better than this other water bottle right here. And so I bought that off of emotion. So mm -hmm. as long as you can keep pushing whatever you push, service, product, whatever it is, and you can hit those emotional pain points that people have, they're going to continue buying whether they have short attention spans or not. So it's like a, it's almost like an endless cauldron of soup that you just dip your ladle in and that's, those are your customers and it's you just go for a new guy a new every time you need to re-up it yeah yeah that's a cool thought i'll let jacob get to maybe one or two more questions and if anyone wants to continue the conversation on inside we have a comment section there that's more async than this since our time is quickly going away jacob go ahead awesome cool so chris asks how do you create a content strategy if you offer multiple services to a really diverse range of companies great question the algorithm usually works on a percentage of engagement so I find it works against me as no matter who I target, I'll be alienating a subsection of my audience. So yeah, it's difficult to promote different offerings and different, we'll just leave it offerings. It's very difficult to offer multiple offerings through one social media channel, right? If I do landscaping, marketing, and I own a energy drink company, it's going to be very difficult for me to talk about all three of those because I might pull a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. But when I post one certain piece of content, a very small percentage is going to be engaging with that content because they followed me for other reasons. So Chris, this would be, honestly, my, my piece of advice is one of two options. Either one, have one offer and promote the heck out of it and funnel people to your website to where they can actually look at your other offerings or your other products or services or create content in the way of you're not directly talking about maybe one offering 
you can talk about a range of things that make you a trusted expert in the world of like business, for example, where people can trust you and create content that way. Or uh, take a look at where your target audience is. Are you targeting a specific gender, a specific age range, a specific country or anything like that? Figure out where those people are and what they're using. And maybe you might post something differently that's on TikTok, different to YouTube, different to Instagram, whatever the case might be. I've seen that work for plenty of people as well. So that would be my, my advice to you. So Javier says, TikTok seems like a great, uh, seems like a great please to start with social media. You agree? Yeah, TikTok is awesome, right? And obviously we have to be careful because of the political side of what's going on with TikTok. So I wouldn't say put all of your eggs in the basket on one social media platform. If you're making video, you can post it to YouTube Shorts, TikTok, Instagram Reels, and Facebook Reels. And you don't have to post the same video every single time, every single day. If you want to make, let's say you make five videos a week, you can post one video on Instagram on a Monday and then post that same video on TikTok on maybe a Wednesday or Thursday or even the following week. And schedule it out for where your different audiences are and understand the data that goes behind it. So that's what I would recommend. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys, our time is quickly running out. I'm so grateful that you all are here. I don't know that we covered everyone's questions, but we can all continue the conversation on inside.com if you would like. Jacob, if you wouldn't mind saving that link and maybe checking back if any questions are left there, any burning questions that people didn't have time to answer here, Jacob could maybe type an answer for there. I love that people were sharing their LinkedIn too. Throw up your LinkedIn in the chat if you haven't yet and maybe create a profile on inside.com as well. Any closing thoughts from Jacob? Final marketing advice for startup founders? Let's see. I'll throw out a quote to everyone. I'll throw out my favorite quote that's out there and it's going to be, don't take advice from people that you wouldn't trade places with. If someone is telling, and it's a perfect example, sitting there on my phone and I'm like, Hey, I want to start making content. And my sister's sitting next to me who doesn't make content. And she says, it's never going to work. Why would I take the advice from someone who's not doing it? Who has never tried it? I definitely don't recommend that. I recommend there's going to be a lot of different opinions. A lot of different thoughts that are going to be thrown your way through family members, friends, people online, all that stuff. When you create content. Be very careful with who you listen to and who you take advice from and always remember your purpose. Again, if you have to have it sticky noted on your bathroom mirror every morning when you get up and brush your teeth and you look at it, stay committed to what you want to do because at the end of the day, no one is ever going to be able to fulfill your purpose except for you and no one's going to know your purpose better than you. So keep driving towards it. Again, it's a marathon. It's not supposed to be a quick race and, and just keep running after it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing all of that advice, even the advice to not take advice if it's not from someone who is where you want to be. So guys, this is our last live event. It's so cool to have you all here in this room together. We will still be publishing talks like Jacob did every week on inside.com slash marketing. I mentioned in the chat that one of Alex Hermosi's right-hand men, Eric Swee, is going to be talking with us. We'll release that in two weeks. So maybe we're going to talk with Alex Hermosi next. Who knows? Do it. <laughs> yeah, Jacob. Yeah, Jacob, thank you again. This was really great. Yeah. And uh, we'll have a replay up actually by tomorrow. Cool. Thanks so much for the opportunity, Stephanie. I appreciate it. And thank you everyone in here for your questions and engagement and, and all that stuff. 
If anyone has any questions, I post them on LinkedIn. Feel free to connect with me, message me, and I'm always happy to.